Hey, well, good morning and welcome to Hope Church. We are so glad that you are joining with us today. I want to give you a Hope High Five for wherever you're at today. If you're watching with people, give them a Hope High Five to the left or to the right. Or if they're your family members, maybe you want to give them a Hope Hug. But we are, we are glad that you're here today. If you're visiting for the very first time, we'd love for you to go to HopeWinterGarden.com and click on I'm New Here. And we'd love to be able to connect with you and be able to send you um, just some information to connect you with our church so you can know where we're headed at in the days ahead. Hey, we hope and pray this season that we're in right now is gonna end soon. We know it's a season and we know seasons change and we're praying and believing that it's gonna end soon so we can see you in the building with us because we just wanna hug you and get to know you even better. If you're visiting with us today for the first time, we're glad if you've called Hope Church your home and you're an OG um, like Amy Garman and like Debbie Andrews, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're watching with us today. Hey, last Saturday night, I asked you guys to make some videos to, to invite your friends to church. And I wanna give some honorable mentions to the videos. Um, Lance Bowling, I loved your video last week. He went out to the lake and, and casted his reel. And he, he, he said this, if you're fishing for a church, fish no longer, you found the right place. And, and Kim and Tanya and her family, their families did a video. They were so, so awesome. I just, I can't wait to see you guys. I love the videos but I can't wait to see you in person. And uh, last week we asked you to hit the share button and every time you share, we're able to donate and to give and, and to serve. And so this past week, I went and spent some time with Matthew's Hope and I was talking to the founder of it, the CEO and the founder of it, Scott Blue. And, and Scott said to me, he said, man, how are you guys able to keep on giving to us? And, and I told him what I would tell you guys, as long as God blesses us, we'll continue to bless. So I wanna encourage you to, I just wanna thank you. We're making a difference. Your generosity, is making a difference. The Bible tells us that the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. So I wanna thank you for your generosity. It's allowing us to serve this community um, that are in need, um, that, are, that are struggling with homelessness and they're structurally challenged. And so we're able to give uh, food and, and to give uh, warm places to stay and warm showers all because of your generosity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, if you're just joining us, we've been in a series called Jesus is king. Nudge your neighbor and tell him Jesus is king. Your other neighbor, Jesus is king. We've been talking about this idea that Jesus is king. And we looked at this passage of scripture in the Bible in John chapter 18, verse 37. The Bible says this, Pilate said, now this is right before Jesus crucified on the cross. Pilate said, so tell, talking to Jesus, so you're a king, huh? <clears throat> Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Jesus says to him, you say that I'm a king. And we believe as a church, we believe that Jesus is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's reigning and he's ruling, this, ruling on this earth. We believe that as a church and the Bible tells us that he's a king and we believe he is a king. And so week one, we looked at the, uh, the unlikely arrival of a king. I mean, Jesus came in on a donkey. How unlikely would that be? The second week we looked at the weight that Jesus carried. Jesus carried the weight of the cross. Jesus carried the weight of your sins and my sins on that cross. And then last week we looked at the responsibility of a king. We looked at the responsibility of a king. And Jesus has a huge responsibility for show you and I the way that we're supposed to go. And today we want to finish up our series with this idea that Jesus is a promise keeper. Jesus 
is a promise keeper. And I need to let you know today that Jesus is a promise keeper because some of you guys in your life, you've been let down before. The world has let you down. Maybe you have some friends that have, have broken a promise. Can you, can you go back to when you were in elementary school and your friends said, I promise, and they broke that promise to you? Or maybe it was middle school or high school or maybe it was last week or maybe it was your boss telling you, hey, I promise I'm gonna keep you. Or somebody made a promise to you and that promise was broken. I want to encourage someone today, wherever you're watching, that Jesus is a promise keeper. and He's never, ever broken a promise. Let's see what the Bible says about it. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. God doesn't waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas and Timothy... And I preach to you. I mean, this guy here, he doesn't go back and forth. Jesus doesn't go back and forth. He keeps his promises. The next verse tells us this. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. I mean, Jesus never, ever breaks a promise. He keeps his promises. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I mean, Jesus has never, ever broken a promise. And he doesn't, he doesn't intend to break, start breaking a promise now. In this season that we're in, we have to cling hold to all the promises of God. You and I can hang, hang tightly to all the promises of God. This book is full of promises. Did you know this? The Bible has over 3,000 promises that God makes to you and God makes to me, his children. Over 3,000, some say upwards to four, five, six, seven, eight thousand promises we see in the Bible. We see that God promises us peace. Wherever you're at, say God promises you peace. He promises you rest. Some of you guys, you need some rest. You woke up early this morning and maybe you worked late last night, you need some rest. Jesus wants to give you, He wants to give me rest. He promised us, He promises you and me, He promised us salvation. Jesus come, came on this earth, He died on the cross to give you and to give me salvation. He promises us power, the same power that rose Christ from the dead, that power lives in you and the power lives in me. He promises us comfort. I don't know about you, but I'm in a season right now where I could use some comfort. Jesus promises us, he promises us comfort and he also promises us a future. You have a future with God. God promise, promises to give you a future. Here's what I know. People that know that Jesus is a promise keeper, they live differently. Can I ask you a question today? How are you living? Because people that know that Jesus is the promise keeper, they live differently. How, how are you living in this season? Do you believe that Jesus is a promise keeper? Do you believe that all the promises of God are yes and amen? I want to look at a passage of scripture in the book of Philippians chapter 4 today. I, I love the passage of scripture we're going to get into today. And here's why I like it. The apostle Paul is sitting in prison and he's writing letters to people. I've encouraged you guys today, this, this passage of scripture we're gonna look at in Philippians is so pertinent to you and I in the season that we're in right now because I've encouraged you to write some letters in this season right now. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything, but we can write some letters. We can create. We can, we can send positive messages to people. And so Paul is sending a positive message to these people and he's reminding them that, hey, Jesus is a promise keeper. Jesus keeps all the promises that he's making. Now this church here in this season that we see that Paul is writing, it's a lot like the season that you and I are in. They believe that Jesus is king, but they're living in a society where Nero literally is the king and the ruler and they're under the Roman government and they're, they can't share their faith without being persecuted and being shut down. And, and so they're living their lives a little bit on edge. They're not in a pandemic, 
like you and I are in today, but times definitely aren't uneasy for them. Times are tough for them, and they find themselves in a tough situation, and they have to ask themselves the question that you have to ask yourself the question today, the question I have to ask myself today, is do we really believe that God keeps all of his promises? Is the King Jesus able to keep all of the promises that he, he, that he gives us? Does God keep all of his promises? I wanna give you some homework today. Before I get into my message, I'll get into it in just a moment, but I wanna encourage you today, you ought to take out a piece of paper and you ought to write down all the promises of God and remind yourself of the promises that God's given you and so you can see that he's kept all the promises. Some of you guys, God's promises you some things and he's already granted those promises. Some of you guys, God's promised you some things in the future. You need to write those down too because you need a checklist off that God keeps all of his promises because all of his promises are yes and yes and amen. So in this passage of scripture, we're gonna look at the Apostle Paul and see what he has to say. Here's what the Apostle Paul knows. Apostle Paul knew this. Jesus kept all of his promises. You know what I believe? I believe Jesus keeps all of his promises. Can I ask you a question? What do you believe today? Do you believe that Jesus keeps all of his promises? Let's look at the Bible. So Philippians chapter four, verse 10, Paul says this. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. Paul said, hey guys, I'm so glad you're concerned about me. And I, I'm thankful, I'm glad you care about me. The next, verse, next part of that verse says, I know you have always been concerned for me but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now this church here, this Philippians this Philippian church, I mean, they have, they have sent Paul money. They've been generous to him. They've helped him. Paul goes out and share the gospel to all these different churches. He would stop in an area and he would start a church and that church would give him some resources, some food and some shelter. He would go out and start another church, some food and some resources from that church. And he just continued to start church after church after church. And we're here today, Hope Church exists because of the Apostle Paul going out and starting church at the Philippi and starting the, the Ephes, church at Ephesus and the church at Corinth and all the churches that Paul goes out and starts, you and I are here today because he started those churches. And so we see here, he goes, guys, I'm so thankful that you were concerned for me. Even, even he goes, some of you guys didn't have the chance to help me. Now that I was, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Now this passage of scripture is really, it really should be foundational for you and foundational for me as a believer. Can I ask you a question? How content are you? Because the apostle Paul, he believed that God was a promise keeper. So he found himself in a place of contentment. We live in a day and age where it's really hard for us to be content. I'm in a small group with a few couples on Tuesday night and we were talking about contentment. It's hard for us to be content. I know for me, I'll be honest, if you said to me, hey, here's Wes, here's some extra money right now, I could tell you what I would go out and buy with some extra money right now because we struggle with being content. And the Apostle Paul says, I, I know what it's like to be content. I, I've, I've figured out what it means to be content. Verse 12 tells us this, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every single situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty or with plenty or little. The apostle Paul says, I've learned how to, I, I've had little. I've been in a, I've been in a season where I've had little, I've, but I've also been in a season where I've had a lot. The apostle Paul here, we're reading, reading his story today as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. But before we meet the apostle Paul, his name was Saul and his job was to kill Christians. Was He was persecuting the church and God changed his life. God saved him miraculously in his life. He goes, I've had a little bit and I've had a lot. I've had the best steak in the world, I've ate good, I've been in nice, comfortable places, but I've also slept outside. I've slept on a cot before. I, I've been in little and I've had a lot. He goes, I've learned to be content 
in whatever situation. I believe that God is a promise keeper. Because God is a promise keeper, I'm able to be content. Can I ask you a question today? Are you able to be content? And again, I'm, I'm pointing my finger at you today, but I'm pointing my finger at me. I, I struggle with this. I, when I read this passage of scripture, I didn't like this passage of scripture. I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about being content in a season where we're, we don't have a lot right now. But Paul says, "I've learned to be content no matter what." The next verse tells us, "I can do." A very, very, very popular verse in scripture. It's on coffee mugs, and you've seen it in people's houses. I can do everything through Christ, which gives me strength. I want to encourage you. Whatever you're going through today, you can get through it with the power. Of Jesus. I mean, Jesus grants you and I power. That's one of the other things that Jesus does. I mean, He gives you and I power. That's one of the promises of God. We have the power to get through whatever we go through, not because we're strong, but because God is strong. You and I can get through what we're going through because we have the power of Jesus Christ. The next verse tells us this even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. He goes, Hey guys, You've been going through a tough time there and you're under persecution, but you guys have helped me share the gospel. Hope Church, if you give at Hope Church or we're a people right now, they're giving to Hope Church from all around the world. If you give at Hope Church, you're helping people that are having a difficult time. God's blessed us so we can bless other people. I told uh, Pastor Scott this week at, at Matthew's Hope, as long as God blesses us, we're gonna continue to keep on blessing other people. And he goes, man, you guys have helped me. Even in my present difficulty, I'm here in prison, but you guys, are, you guys are helping me, not just monetarily, but you're praying for me. I'm thankful for our prayers. I've been so encouraged as a pastor of this church. I've had so many people reach out to me and encourage me. And I know a lot of you guys are getting letters in the mail or you're getting encouraging text messages or maybe you're even getting a phone call or maybe someone's dropping off food for you. I see people in our church that they're taking care of the needs of other people in our church and we're blessing our community and we're blessing each other. And, and he says, man, I'm so thankful that you guys were sharing with me, even though things were difficult for you and they're difficult for me, you're still sharing. Thank you for sharing. A, a, a gospel preaching church is supposed to share with other people. The next verse tells us this, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave to me financial help when I first brought you the good news. I mean, you guys helped me financially. He goes, and when you helped me financially, I traveled on from Macedonia and no other churches did that. I was talking to Scott this week and he goes, man, there aren't a lot of churches that are helping right now in this season. And I thought to myself, man, we find ourselves a lot like this church of Philippians. He goes, man, you guys have helped me. You guys have served, you guys have given, you guys have loved and you guys have encouraged and you guys are doing really good in this season right now. But there's other churches, he said, they didn't help me out at all, but you helped me. You know, right now I'm preaching this message and I'm at Wellspring Church and Wellspring Church is, is helping Hope Church and, and Wellspring Church is helping other churches and, and they're helping Hope Church and Hope Church is helping other churches and those churches are helping other churches. And, and right now in this season, our church is helping other churches even financially because we want to, God's blessed us, we want to bless other people. And he goes, man, no other churches are helping. I want to be a church that helps people. Hope Church, let's be a church that helps people. And we know that God's gonna supply all of our needs. We know that God's gonna take care of us because he's a promise keeper. The next verse tells us this, even when I was in Thessalonica, 
you sent help more than once. Even when I was planting the church at Thessalonica, you guys didn't send me one gift, but you kept on sending gifts. And you weren't just giving, but you were, gener- you were being generous. One of our core values at Hope Church is generosity. And I want to thank you for being generous. And Paul's saying, hey guys, thank you for being generous. I'm thankful for the generosity of the church at Philippi because they were generous. And because of their generosity, we have Hope Church because of this church. Isn't that something? We can trace back our roots today to the church at, the, at, the, at Philippi. We can trace our roots back to the church at Corinth and Ephesus and all the churches that the Apostle Paul started. And because of Lydia, Lydia helped start the church at Philippi. She gave Paul a place to stay and, and Paul led her to Christ and, and Paul helped uh, lead a, another little young slave girl to Christ and he led a jailer to Christ and that church began to grow and reach more people. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you helped send more. Verse 17, I don't say this because I'm asking for another gift from you. He goes, rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment I have all I need and more, I am generously supplied with the gifts that you sent me with Epaphrodite. I mean, you guys are so generous. Thank you. for I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm doing okay. Because the gifts that you're sending, you're doing a great job. I'm so thankful for that. You guys, have, you guys are taking good care of me. Thank you so much. And because the gifts you sent me, they're a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. I want to encourage you. When you encourage someone today, it is a sweet smell that comes only from God. I'm so, thank, I'm so thankful for your, your giving and your generosity and, and your kind words and your, your encouragement. He says, man, you guys are doing such a good... It's, it's like a sweet fragrance to me. Did you know that your encouragement can be a sweet fragrance to somebody. Your loving kindness, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to be kind. It doesn't cost you anything to, to serve someone or to write someone a letter except for a stamp. He goes, man, there's like a sweet smelling aroma. Verse 19, and this same God who takes care of me, he's a promise keeper. He's, he's talking about the promise keeping God that we're talking about. He goes, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which we have been given us in Christ Jesus. Now all the glory to God, our Father, forever and ever, amen. Apostle Paul says, hey guys, this is all about the glory of God. In this season that we're in right now, it's all about the glory of God. The Apostle Paul believed that Jesus was a promise keeper. Can I ask you a question today? Do you believe that Jesus is a promise keeper? I wanna give you two things today. I think that the Apostle Paul wants you to know And he wants me to know in just a few moments that we have left. Here's the first thing. Jesus promises to protect us in this season. He promises to protect us in this season. The apostle Paul knew that God, he he promises to protect you. He promises to protect me. If you're watching today and you're a doctor or you're a nurse or you're a first responder, wherever you find yourself working, maybe you're an essential worker, I want you to know God promises to protect you. He wants to protect you today. And he wants to protect me. The apostle Paul was beaten up. And he was ridiculed and they were throwing stones at him. But he kept on preaching the gospel because he knew that God would protect him. God always promises to protect us. I want to encourage you to say, God wants to protect you. God wants to protect me. He protected the church at Philippi and he's 
going to protect the church in Winter Garden Hope Church, or he's going to protect Wellspring Church. He's going to protect whatever church that you go to. God wants to protect you. He's going to protect your family. He's going to protect your kids. He's going to protect your kids and their kids and their kids because our God is a generational God. He doesn't just give us promises today, but his promises are for future generations. All of his promises are yes and amen. I don't know what you're watching out today, but you better clap your hands and thank God that we have a God who promises to protect us. I can't protect myself. You can't protect yourself, but we have a God in heaven who wants to protect us. Aren't you so thankful today that you have a God who protects you? Here's the second thing that you need to know. Not only does he promise to protect us, but he promises to provide for us today. Some of you guys right now, you're sitting at home and you're waiting for provision. I want to let you know that God wants to provide for you, just like he provided for this church, just like he provided for the Apostle Paul. God wants to provide for you. He wants to provide for me. He provided for the Philippians, which they were able to provide for Paul, and they were able to provide for the next person. God was able to provide for me. Hey, do you remember back in 08? Does anybody remember what happened in 08? God provided for you in 08, and he provided for you in that recession. God is going to provide for you right now in this pandemic. The same God that provides for us in recessions is the same God that provides for us in pandemic. You want to nudge your neighbor and say, God's going to provide for me. He's going to protect me. But let me say this to you today. This is important, and I want to make sure you get this today. This is the last thing I want to share with you is this. A promise is only as good as your ability to trust. A promise is only as good as your ability to trust. Can I ask you today, do you really trust? Do you really trust God? Do you really trust God with your, with your finances? Do you really trust God with your, with your family? Do you trust God with your, with your future? Do you, do you really believe that your God can supply all of your needs? Do you, do you really believe the promises of God? And, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but here's what I believe. I believe this. A promise is only as good as your ability to trust. And some of you guys, you struggle with trusting. You have a hard time trusting people. You have a hard time trusting, uh, you, you name the person, you have a hard time trusting. A, a person popped in your mind when I talked about trust. But can I ask you a question today? Do you trust God? Because if you trust God and you believe he, all of his promises, then he's gonna protect you and he's gonna provide for you. But if you don't believe that, then it doesn't really matter, does it? I want to encourage you in this season right now. Can we, can we believe the promises of God today? I mean, if you don't believe in the promises of God, then you can't believe that he's going to provide for you. You can't believe in the protection that he's going to provide for you. You, you need to believe this promise today. And so maybe you're watching today and you're like, man, I didn't, I had no idea that a promise is only as good as my ability to trust. You got to start trusting today. You got to trust that he's a provider. You have to trust that he's a He's a protector. You have to trust that he's going to keep all the promises, over 3,000 promises. God's never broke a promise, and he's not going to start now. But can I tell you this today? You might be saying, well, who do I trust? You have to trust God. Like, that, you know, you, you, need to, you and I need, we have to trust God in this season. So I want to give you an opportunity to trust God as your, as your Savior. That's where it all starts at. Every week that we've been able to share this gospel with people at the very end of our time, like we're sharing with you right now, and we've been in this, in this season for four or five Sundays now, we're, we're, we're preaching to you from a camera, and you're not coming to the building. Every week, people have given their life to Christ. We, just, we believe that. I believe that there's going to be generations that come that will look back on this season, and they'll remember this season vividly because it was a season where they trusted Christ as their Savior. And we want to give you an opportunity wherever you're at today to trust Christ as your Savior. You, if you've been watching with us, you've heard me say it every week, that salvation 
is like ABC. Letter A, you have to admit that you've done wrong. We've, we've all done wrong. We're, we're good to go. You're in good company. I'm in good company. I've done wrong. I probably did wrong today. I was, I was coming to preach. I probably went a little bit faster than I should have did. You know, I, there's been time. I remember when I was a little kid and my mom and dad said, hey, don't do that. And I, and I did something wrong. We've all done wrong. I remember stealing that cookie from the cookie jar. Hey, can I be honest with you today? It was worth it. It tasted good. I, we've all done wrong. Every one of us have done wrong. You have to admit that today. Letter B, you have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. He's done that for you today. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And then three days later, he rose again. He did that for you and he did it for me. You have to believe that today. And then letter C, you have to commit your life to Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse nine says, you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you can be saved. My friend today can I ask you a question. Do you wanna trust God as your savior? Like if he's not your savior, then he can't provide for you. He can't protect you. And you can't claim the promises of God until you first are a son or a daughter of God. We believe he's king today. And today he wants you to trust him as your savior. So if you're watching today, you say, Wes, I'd love that. I, I'd love to know that Jesus is my savior. I'd love to trust King Jesus as my savior. I, I'd love that today. And right where you would you bow your head and close your eyes and would you repeat this prayer after me? Again, the prayer won't save you. You, you confessing with your mouth and you believe in your heart will save you. Would you pray with me, dear Jesus? I admit that I've done wrong. I, I've sinned against you, God. Letter B, God, I, I believe that you died and you rose again for me. I don't know what all that means, God, fully, but I believe today. I, I'm trusting, I'm believing that you died on that cross thousands of years ago for my sins and you rose again three days later and you live victoriously as king. I believe that today, God. And let her see, God, I, God, I'm committing my life to you. God, I'm, I'm confessing all my sins and I'm committing my life to you today. Would you, would you have my life? Would you, would, you, would you be my leader? Would you control my life? God, would you, would you allow me to just trust you in every area starting today with salvation? Jesus, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, today, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe you have questions about salvation, what it means to put your trust in Jesus Christ, can I invite you today to go to our website? You just go right to hopewintergarden.com and click on Know God, and there's more information there. There's a link where you can email us and let us know that you gave your life to Christ. You can email info at hopewintergarden.com or wherever platform you're watching from today, you can message us and let us know, hey, today I gave my life to Christ. I trusted Jesus as my savior. And we wanna rejoice with you and we wanna celebrate that with you. We love to celebrate at Hope Church and we'd love to celebrate that decision with you. Hey, we are so glad you came today. Man, we love you and we miss you and we cannot wait to see you next week. See you guys. Hey, Hope Church, I miss you guys so much. Thank you so much for all the sweet cards and notes of encouragement, the texts, the emails, and even some sweet treats that have been left on our doorstep. Pastor Wes and I love you with all of our hearts and we miss you and are praying for you every day. We know that God has purpose in this season. And we know that when we get back to that building, our church is going to explode. 
we know that he's preparing us for something bigger and we are excited for what's gonna happen. But while we wait, we're gonna keep praying and believing and learning and growing and keep connecting with you online. So don't forget to join us for our Facebook Live. Until we're together again, let's keep connecting socially. Let's keep sending letters to each other. Let's keep sending encouraging texts. Let's keep posting positive posts. Let's keep being the church that God has called us to be. We love you guys so much.